1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Dramsey's, Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, uh, the official 2022 2023 season launchers. The Portland Trailers just have already played two preseason games in a back to back one in Seattle, one in Portland. For anybody new here, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you. Uh. If you're new here watching on YouTube, uh, whether you're watching live or you're watching the replay, click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. Uh, if you want to, you can join the community and get a, be a part of all of the live watch parties that we will have coming up, of which we, the first one we'll have of the season will feature the Sacramento Kings this week. And I, mean, I am efforting uh, some folks from Sacramento to come on and do a quick rundown of the Kings, because not only will we see them uh, Sunday night, we will also see them opening night against the Sacramento Kings. Yet again, uh, the familiar, familiar Sacramento Kings. Speaking of familiar, one Brandon' break. Brothers, what's going on, buddy? Oh, man, the world's falling apart. It's uh it's over. <laughs> the the uh the worries, the um I don't know. People losing their minds over the most ridiculous things imaginable. Mm. It's I don't, I've only lost my mind
2: Danny about one thing
1: so far, and
2: I probably only be the one thing going into the
1: year. Okay. We'll get into it in a second. A lot of what we're going to talk about, obviously, is the first two preseason games, uh, and uh, initial takeaways and um, thoughts, processes. Uh, the for those that don't know, uh, locker rooms are back open to the media, and so I've had a chance to talk to the few guys before and after games, and just get a little bit of feedback, and get welcome and with, you know, come with the new players, and kind of just get a feel for where things are. And, uh, I'll tell you this, man, regardless of what anybody says about anything, about what's going on on the floor, vibes are fine. Vibes are good. I would even say vibes are good, which nice, nice. Just, it's nice to come into the season and and looking at, you know, how the season started last year in preseason. Not only did they get the ever living crap kicked out of them, the vibes were a disaster and you could tell that things were just not going to be okay.
2: I don't think when they have their home opener against Phoenix on a Friday, we're going to get Dame on the mic saying, hey, just bear with us, please. This this may not go how it's supposed to go right away. And it did. And it actually ended up blowing up. But, uh, you know, I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, These seem like guys. And, and look, some of this you read from, not read, but you kind of see it, I think, on the socials. But it just seems like a group of guys that genuinely likes each other. Yep. They're full of hardworking guys and some of them are out to prove that they're worth a contract and some of them are out to prove that they're going to be better than people are giving credit as a team. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that. It's, I mean, it's encouraging. I, I at least want to hear that much as we start the year. We can address all the yeah. issues or the questions, but to at least know that this team doesn't like internally. They kind of hate each other or hate the fact that they're still together. Uh, there, there's an encouraging sign. Number
1: one for a new season. Uh, Jack asks who was the vibe killer last season. We don't have that much time. <laughs> there was not just one. <laughs> there were multiple vibe killers. And if you notice there were multiple trades.
2: I, I would start, but I would start with the guy who ended up getting canned like a yes. couple months into the season because yes. he decided Su- the to Supreme, bring everything back. Yes. Supreme
1: vibe killer, Neil Olshay. But yes. there were also players that were a part of this too, but Neil also fed into said players. Um, but that happens. Like when you when you let things run their course, that's that's what ends up happening.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you don't, you know, especially when you keep guys together for a long time, as we're seeing with the Warriors, as Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole in the face tonight. So you're around guys long enough, somebody gets punched. Hey, but he's apologetic,
2: league sources say.
1: League sources say. Shout out, Chris Haynes.
2: I, are we really playing that game? We're playing I love the league it. sources game. I, I, like, I
1: love Haynes for that.
2: You know, Draymond texted me and said, that he was apologetic we can't just do that
1: he, yeah draymond text me and said uh, he was apologetic also uh jordan Poole had it coming because he was acting out of pocket because he's trying to get a new contract
2: i mean he's gonna get a new contract because if tyler hero's getting 120 over four i mean jordan Poole should be getting 120 over four i just i find it the new media i can't wait for the new media yeah, podcast new, to come new media, out
1: love it um the other part of this is um anthony simons's contract looks a lot better now doesn't it folks
2: uh, yes, it does. Yeah,
1: so yes, just does. just let's you know we'll we'll go down that and we'll talk about ant here in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, let's gonna get things started though with the uh, the big one. Uh, Damian Lillard, one Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard makes his return to the NBA against Kawhi Leonard making his return to the NBA in Seattle. And real quick, um, I don't other than on the radio I haven't talked about it. Uh, I guess publicly, uh, Climate Pledge Arena is rad. That place kicks ass. Yeah. Uh, it's not very big. It's a, I feel like it's a little bit bigger than Memorial Coliseum, but man, they, they upped the ante. Like it feels like you're on top of things, and uh, the arena itself, while uh, older layout, it's it's very cool. It's very cool. Um, Did you ever go to Key? Yeah, yeah. Last time I was up there, I was trying to think it was like my sophomore year of high school for a Blazers uh, Sonics game. Yeah, and that place was a hellhole.
2: I mean, it was a it was a shit show in terms of like the way it looked, but in yeah. terms of the feel, I, I would say. It my, my older brother. Oh, it's way
1: up there because you were on top of the floor.
2: Yeah, like everything is just down because they mm-hmm. only have 200 level. They don't have a 300 level, or they didn't at Key Arena. But my, my older brother actually helped build Climate Pledge. Oh, no kidding. And, and he would be sending me videos. He opened and saw some of the glass window casings that they have on it's, the outside. It's very
1: cool because, the like Memorial Coliseum, you get the glass allowing the light on yes. the floor.
2: Yeah, no, and it, 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 looked, it looked dynamite. I yeah. was uh, bummed I didn't make it up there, but I'm glad you did. It looked like you had a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's just, it was nice to see basketball back in Seattle. I wish they would have made the announcement. I know there was that rumor out there. They didn't, but we know it's coming. Like at yeah. the end of the day, you're only gonna have so much history with Seattle to not have a team back. Um, whether it's at some point this year or summer, or whatever they're, they're going to announce that they're bringing it back to Seattle.
1: Yeah. You, you take a look at, at that crowd and kind of how everything was Seattle deserves a team. They were electric. The crowd was electric. I mean, it was. It had a playoff atmosphere. Like the like, you could just feel it in the in the arena. It was it was pretty rad. Uh, it was super cool to have all of the former Sonics in there. Uh, got a second with Big Smooth, Sam Perkins, and uh, Kemp and uh, Gary Payton Senior. Uh, got to give a salute to B Roy from across the crowd. I couldn't make it over to him. Uh, it was a bit of a bummer because I wanted to go see my guy. Wait, uh, why couldn't you make it over to him? There was just a, a herd of people. Over oh. there. He Handic- should have just been elbowed. Just plowed. Ah!
2: <laughs> Nobody knows this man like I do. I
1: I wanted to get over there. Um but George Carl was there, got a second with PJ Carlissimo. Um Mike Vertello was there. Oh, yeah, he's man. the like clipper guy. Yeah. mean so they had like it it was packed. Uh, yeah. Spencer Hawes, Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Lenny Crawford. Lenny Wilkins was there. Len- yeah, no, yeah, Lenny man. was up, uh, like twenty feet down from us. Yeah, um, Martell Webster was right behind Lenny. Uh, mm. Like, if you were a Seattle basketball player, you were there. Yeah, it was it was it was very cool. Seattle showed out for the team. Um, let's get in, get into the game a little bit. Uh, Damian Lillard uh, looked good. He looked like himself. He looked healthy. It was. Old Damian Lillard. There was one play in particular. uh, He caught a swing pass from right to left uh, on the left wing. Uh, Both Batum and Kawhi Leonard closed out on him hard, and Dame just, boom, shot out of a cannon. Almost to the point of, you ever, like, figure-eight drills in football? Mm You run around the hose, and you get your hip balance. Dame kind of did that, or he really, you know, bent over at his side, you know, twisted at his waist, you know, that core strength. That ability to, to power through while being bent over kept his dribble alive. that exploded off one and got that and one finish around the corner. And I was like, "All right, <laughs> I, I'm good." Anybody, anybody else need anything? Because I'm yeah. I'm good after that. Because that that one play was basically more than he showed. He had he had one dunk. I think it was the game, or the second game after he got the uh, shot last year mm-hmm. to kind of calm things down. I was like, "Well, maybe he will be okay."
2: Yeah. I remember that. And then after we that, we talked I was, about that, yeah, I think on the pod, we like, Oh, is he
1: showed, gonna be okay? like he showed some burst because the the pain and the tightness was gone. Um, he played in the back to back. And in the second game, he did the same thing. He got multiple times where he showed the burst attacking closeouts, getting downhill, getting into the paint, driving, kicking. He looked exactly like Damian Lillard.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I think that was the great thing. I mean, I, Danny, you could have sat him out for me for the whole preseason and said, he's just going to gear it up for the regular season. I, 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 I don't need to see it, but it was nice to see it because we hadn't seen it in quite some time. Yeah. And, and if you if you are a believer in this team and you think that this team is really going to be as good um, or, or better than people think. I think you needed to you feel good about what you saw from Dame because they're only going to go as far as he takes them. Right. Like, obviously, we know Ant and again, that contract and the step that he can potentially take this year. You are bringing along some guys that are coming back. Josh Hart, familiar with the situation. Nurkic has been here for years you've got guys that are familiar with it but at the end of the day you're only going as far as Dame carries them I mean if Dame is going to be 100% be out there they have an opportunity to maybe surprise some people Mm -hmm. and it was great just to see him out there I'm sure he felt good about it I know he's talked about it yeah and I didn't need to but on both games in Seattle and then last night in Portland against Utah um, it was just kind of nice to be on my couch watching Damian Lillard play basketball again.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Yeah, no, and that part of it was huge. Like, if nothing else, it was like, <sighs> you just kind of take a deep breath and, hey, Danny yep. Lillard is uh, pl- back playing basketball again and he's not hobbled. And so you get the the joy to of of watching him at you You get the um, lock in of like what Damian Lillard means to the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, what was the thing for you? Game one, game two, otherwise, like question wise that you were looking at that you did or didn't get answered, like pecking order wise. Um,
2: hmm. Pecking order wise. I mean, I thought Keon is a pretty big indicator for me about how they feel about him. Now, obviously, he's playing the GP2 spot right now and he looks like a he kind of looks like GP2 did when he first came into the league and he couldn't quite hold on somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's got kind of some of those aspects, but it's clear to me that if GP2 gets hurt or he's going to be out extended time during the season or there's a Josh Hart injury, if there's I, a I guard
1: injury or if there's a guard opening, right, it's going to key. I, I think it's
2: pretty clear that it's Keon, is it not?
1: Remember when I, I I told you in July, that multiple people in the organization were like key And I looked at you and I went, Man, they're hyping Keon. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I it was I didn't buy it at all. And now you're seeing it was not BS.
2: I mean, he's just super active. You know, he's not a guy that I would really trust to go get often like go get buckets, but he's a dude that he's gonna cut and he's gonna get put back layups or he's gonna be pushing and pressing somebody the full 90 feet, mm-hmm. like he's just an active player. And sometimes it's nice to have that guy on the floor because it, it takes some of that off of some of the other guys. And yeah. so I, I think that's one of many things there's good and bad things I took away. But one thing that easily stands out is one, how active he is and how different it kind of even feels from last year. And two, how much they clearly trust him and want to get him some minutes this season.
1: season. Uh, what a credit where it's due. I believe it was Richmond that asked Keon about kind of how he feels. And he said, like, last night was really the first time that uh, he felt like he had played an NBA game, like he was himself. Mm-hmm. And that was because everything was just kind of scrambled for him. I mean, he was just all over the place. Um, talking to him in the offseason, one of the things he said was, like, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about questions coming into the season. And uh, Keon said that the, the, the whole idea of, like, he committed himself, to like, what it took to be an actual NBA player. And this is not uncommon. This happens with, like, Ant had this exact same thing happen. Where it was like, and, and Nas talked about it this summer. It's like, what changing his diet, what we're working on. Like It usually happens at about year two, year three. That's why you see those jumps then. is because you see, oh, that's what this takes to mm-hmm. be successful at this level. Regardless of how talented they are. With a guy like Keon, who has just top 1% athleticism, it just shows a little bit more. Like last night, actually not even last night, in the first two games, one of the things that's shown out to me a ton is that ball handlers who've turned their back to Keon, I think he's ripped them three times. Yep. Just darting in, just boop, gone. And it's like, oh, that's just like, that's clicking. That's a natural thing that's popping up for him. If you remember, young Danny Green used to do that a ton. We're like, you know, he's going to turn his back. Okay, there you go. And that's not a Chauncey saying, go get do this. That's key on figuring out like, Oh, I'm six, four. I'm really rangy. and I'm super bursty and I can play really good defense and I've got good instincts. I can do this. I can generate this. Now Chauncey's reinforcing that by this, with this team being more aggressive, but like, he's got to keep his mind to the point of, okay, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And he's getting that Mm -hmm. and watching. You and I've talked about this a million times. I love watching young guys figure this stuff out. It's one of my favorite things in the NBA. It's like, uh, oh, this is how this works. This is how I stay on the floor. This is how I make money, because if you can do those things and you do them regularly, that's how you get on the floor. Mm-hmm. Then you can kind of figure out the rest of your stuff. And that's why it's like watching him do this now. You can see the decision making. Remember back to summer league? Like you had one game, uh, game one against the Pistons where he was an abject disaster. Then game two he came back and looked night and day different. And, like, it, it's it's one of those things where it's, I know people are like, well, it's another guard. Folks, it's not a bad thing for the Blazers to have another good player.
2: No, especially one that's going to do things that a lot of the other guys aren't going to do. No. Or that they can't even do because, no. to credit to Keon, I mean, you mentioned it's, it's he's four. He's super athletic. So, even when he goes and gambles, maybe he doesn't come up with that steal. He can recover in a way that some of these other guys can't. So, to me, I mean, yeah. Complaining, oh, it's another guard, like, Sure, we'll get to the size thing of this, but it's nice to have a guy out there that's diving on the floor, willing to get, you know, floor burn, Mm -hmm. and press a guy and keep up with him the entire length of the court. You just don't have a lot of those guys on this team.
1: No, you don't, not at at all. Uh, He, I think Keon projects more as a one slash two than like maybe he'll get a few minutes in some small ball three. Uh, Just because he is rangy, because he's long, because he is super athletic, I mean, He's, you know, combine record vertical jump kind of guy. So um,
2: I think everybody except Dame is going to be playing small ball three at some point for this team. You're not wrong.
1: <laughs> you're, you're really not. Uh, I, I honestly think that that Ant will end up playing some small ball three as well. This, yeah. they'll, they'll run like, you know, key on Ant and Dame or something along those lines. Or you, you won't really know who it is. Um, I mentioned this up in Seattle. This is the most athletic team the Blazers have had since 1996. And I don't think it's particularly close. The athleticism this team has is is absurd. Whether it's Keon, whether it's Grant, whether it's Nas, Why did you land
2: on 1996? I
1: literally went through year by year by year, just scrolling through basketball reference. I'm like, mm, no, mm. it wasn't hard. I could go through the last ten years and throw that out the window. Like hmm. I I got to the Gerald Wallace team and I was like, mm, no, not quite. And then you get into you know the Brandon LaMarcus Greg teams like. Steve Blake, mm. Martell, like, you are know, mm. looking around at Joel and Joel You're like, nah, we're good here. Not, don't be wrong. Brandon LaMarcus, outlaw, those, th- those three guys were athletic as hell. But. Right. And then I got back into the Jailblazer years, and Darius was like, eh, Ruben, eh, bypass that. Qu- Quintwell and like, yeah, he was super athletic, but like, was he a viable NBA player? No. You got to the early 2000s, late 90s teams, athletic, but they were more about power.
2: Also, some of them were a little past their athletic prime. Yes, like
1: guys like Steve unfortunately. Smith, and, yeah. Steve Smith,
2: Scotty, yeah. you know, Detliff, Like those guys were a little Davis. past where they. Yeah, 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 Davis, yeah. yeah.
1: But then you get to that early version of that, and you have twenty-two-year-old Rasheed Wallace, you have thirty-year-old Scottie Pippen, you have like twenty-four-year-old Stacey Ogman, and you start looking at the eighteen-year-old Jermaine O'Neal, and you're going, "Yeah, oh, that's an athletic team." <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was like the first like seven guys. I was like, yeah, that's a that's that's a significantly more athletic team than they've had in a long time. But I say all of this because you have obviously a rookie in, in Shaden Sharp who has done some stuff athletically. You're like, oh, my God. But then you again, back into the rotation, Greg Brown, you know, the guy East Bay Funk Dunk in a game like it's, he's he's as athletic as it gets. Dame still has a little bit of purse to him, but you've seen Mm -hmm. Grant come out of nowhere and pin Norman Powell's shot to the glass, grab and go, uh, get a rebound and get a put back dunk off two feet to elevate. Like his second jump is incredible. Mm -hmm. Nas is a truck. He's strong and explosive. You just start. Grant is a a 40 inch leaper. Josh is a good, good athlete. athlete. Josh is a good athlete. Justice is a good athlete. Um, Hell, Hell I mean, yeah, a good athlete. Like,
2: I was gonna say, like Drew. Drew is a Drew, good athlete.
1: Drew dunks. He's got like a seventy percent dunk rate.
2: Was an all-state pitcher and basketball yeah, player like, in high school. So yes, yeah, so
1: I mean, they have athletes on this team. Yeah. And you're like, don't, I'll talk grand scheme about the, both games, but one of the things is that they have gotten into their offensive sets at eighteen seconds or quicker more mm-hmm. often than not. That has been something that is very noticeable. Josh has gone grab and go, seemingly every time he gets a rebound. Grant on rebounds is immediately looking up floor.
2: That that this was one of my other observations, Daniel. I'm glad you're driving it here, Um, because Chauncey's. You know, he said the Terry thing. Oh, I want to play fast. I want to play quick. I want to push the tempo. Gotta have the dudes to do it. Well, yeah, you do have to have the dudes to do it, but like even so because of the way we've seen Dame play, it's hard to fully embrace or think that that's going to happen, right? So far, and it's two games in the preseason. We'll see what regular season brings us. It does seem like they got a few dudes that just, that's the MO. Grab and go. Grab and go. Get into your sets and get it going early. Don't waste time. Dribble, dribble, dribble. I thought that was the one thing that they always suffered from in the Dame-CJ era was just over-dribbling instead of going and running your sets, getting a clean look, or... Having an opportunity for a putback or an extra pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: there's still going to be times when they slow down in the half court and they play Damian Lillard pick and roll basketball. Why? Because it's really freaking good, and that's what Dame likes to do. And he's the best player of the team, and he's one of the probably ten best players in the world. He's one of the best offensive players in the entire NBA. It's just, just going to be the thing. However, however, even he seems to be embracing it a bit. Now, let's check back in a month and see if he hasn't reverted back.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, when he gets 40 back-to-back nights, I'm like, "Eh, guys, I don't know if I'm pushing
1: it tonight. (laughs) But the flip side of this is that second unit, when it was CJ McCollum, CJ was not pushing because CJ likes to dribble, 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 dribble too. Ant likes to get out and go. Mm -hmm. Josh likes to get out and go. Jeremy likes to get out and go. Justice, Nas, Keon, all again, all the athletes that we just named – They like to get out and go and get those opportunities. That second unit for the questions we'll have about the bench and Gary, and that's the other thing. I'm leaving Gary out of this. You know, six foot four giant piece of muscle that's twitchy as hell. Mm -hmm. That group will generate offense much easier in the open floor than they than they will be in the in the uh, half court, and that's going to alleviate some of that pressure. So when I look at that, that's just without Gary and kind of Chauncey trying some things, I'm a little less worried about the the bench unit right now, but that's, I, I, mm. I eventually envision that as, that's how they'll um, kind of sort through some of that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. So, no, I mean, I, I think that the, the tempo thing is something that they can use to their benefit because of how undersized they're going to be. I, I yeah, I don't know where I'm at on the bench stuff. I don't know if I'm quite with you yet. there, there are a few things that I've taken away. I'm not I'm not overreacting. I'm not freaking out because Ant's shooting twenty four percent from three. You know, I'm not questioning any of that. But there are some things that I'm curious about. What are you curious um, about? Um Clearly they feel a certain way about Nas that I wasn't expecting.
1: Is that a coach thing or is that a I, production thing. That's the thing. It's like, I I
2: don't know. I, I, it's hard to gauge. It's two preseason games. So I'm like, I'm not jumping to conclusions here, but I, I was expecting him to get a start and we're two games in and he he probably is, he's
1: he's starting on Sunday.
2: Okay. He'll get a start. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't really have a feel that he's going to be the starter. And what did he play? 16 minutes. Yeah. So I just would have thought he amongst many other players would be getting a little more high level minutes in preseason given Kind of everything that's ahead of them this season. So that that was kind of surprising to me.
1: Uh, on that front, a not a. I talked to uh, multiple sources before the game in Seattle. Oh, we saw we saw your sources. Uh, <laughs> not just him. I talked to Yelling other about
2: curly fries. We saw you. We saw you, big guy. I talked
1: to other sources, <laughs> additional sources. Um, about the starting forward spot. Mm-hmm. And I was told that Justice Winslow had looked the best with the starting group in camp.
2: Thought he looked good yesterday.
1: Others said that it wasn't quite as clear cut,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: nobody told me that it was Nas. Something to keep in mind. Yep. Nas was recovering most of the summer. Mm hmm. So I I give him, rightfully so, some leeway. I I tend to wonder if there's a world where why Chauncey keeps he, I listen to context clues. Chauncey keeps saying, we might go to a committee. We might start by committee. Like he said yeah. it so many times. Now I'm starting to think, well, maybe shit. He believes it. Like it's gonna <laughs> like, all be matchup driven. Like, like man,
2: tonight. Well, we'll see who we're playing.
1: Like I wonder if there's some stuff to that. Yeah. So. And maybe that buys Nas some time to work in for them because right now he looks the worst of the three.
2: Well, it also, you know, here's the other part, and this is like me questioning out loud what's going on there. But, like, it's also me responding to myself going, well, if he doesn't end up getting that spot, will I be a little surprised? Sure, because, you know, I was kind of expecting him to take that leap. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean he can't take a leap being a bench guy. And and there doesn't need to be this negative connotation, especially with this team. We'll we'll get into the thing that concerns me the most, but like for this team, being a bench guy is really no different than being a starter to me. Because if you're you're playing well, Chauncey's going to play you. You're going to get high level minutes. Chauncey is not an F around guy. You're going to give him production. He's going to play you. And so if you come off the bench and do it,
1: you're still going to get your minutes. I will say this to those players. It matters.
2: No, no, no. I'm not saying the players, it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is there is still a world where he may be disappointed that he doesn't get the starting spot at three. Sure, But he comes off the bench, and this is the part of the vibes. If you can maintain a good role on a team that is feisty and fun, sometimes some of these guys don't care as much. That's all I'm saying. He's got an opportunity to make an impact and find where he fits on this team. And if he's playing well enough, hell, they might – Chauncey doesn't strike me as sticking to his guns with the rotation and lineup guy. No, I don't either. He seems the opposite of Terry in that way. And so it's – if Nas is three months into the season, two months into the season, there's an injury, and he's been playing well, you know, there's a window where he maybe can crawl or get back into it But if he doesn't, he can still maintain and have a pretty productive role for this team because they're going to need him to play high-level minutes.
1: I've got a couple thoughts on this. One, I think Justice and Hart right now are more, quote-unquote, Chauncey's guys. Mm -hmm. And not that Chauncey likes them more, just that he's more willing to go with them because they immediately provide more right this second. Right. Nas clearly has more potential than both of them. His athletic profile alone allows him to do more. Justice is basically a non shooter at this point in time. He's he's a very good playmaker. He's defensively probably the best of the three right now. He's got the most versatility on that side. He's a a dirty work kind of guy. A glue guy. Chauncey just loves that. I don't know. I don't know if I would say
2: more potential than Josh. Maybe as much potential as Josh. I think he has more. Well, I think physically he's got things that Josh can't do, but like Josh is a very good basketball player, smart is? basketball player, and I, I, the element of that is that kind of what I take into account there. Where if Oh, if, if we're talking about right now
1: it, in this season, it's going to be hard for Nas to bypass both those guys. But right. the investment and in what's best for the Blazers is Nas figuring it out because he sure. does have that capacity, because he does have that athletic profile.
2: But if he becomes Josh Hart and that's his career, that's a good, that's career. a really good career. <laughs> like, Josh Hart, whether he's a Blazer long term or not, there's going to be another team. It's it gonna want no, he's Josh a, Hart. He's
1: a starting caliber, caliber player. Like yes. That. And you think about you do the math real quick. There's 300 starters in the league. There's just, you know, there's not that many. Right. I'm not 300. 150. Good lord. Can I math? Yeah,
2: I, I was trying to do the math in my no. brain when you said that, and I'm like, wait a minute,
1: what? Five times thirty? <laughs> no, <30." laughs> no, I don't mind me. I'm an idiot. Um. <sighs> listen, man, I I, I have been driving back and forth at Seattle and covering games. And
2: you're a beat writer now. I I am, man. It's,
1: it's been, it's been a lot, Um, but it's going to be interesting. Nas has been pressing. So the thing is, whether it's been Josh starting so far or Winslow starting so far, even when they weren't touching the ball, like last night, Winslow had, I think three steals in the first six minutes. Yeah. He like, he generated his own touches he switched defensively and and you know got in passing lanes or helped and recovered and hedged and got back and uh got offensive tip outs and dive for loose balls and made extra passes like he did all the stuff that like makes a team go at not necessarily as an engine because dame and ant are your engines but he's you know he's your grease man he's your oil man like every every big ship has an oil man and they keep everything lubricated and going, they keep the engines running. That's Justice knows that's who he is in the NBA. Nas is still trying to show, no man, I can listen, give me the ball, I can go to work, I can I can hit a pull-up three, I can get to the mid-range and, and show you a little bit of my game, I can get to the rim and dunk, I can facilitate, I can do all the things. What he's not doing is ticking the boxes for Chauncey to put him on the floor and keep him there. Mm-hmm. He's gotta clear the little box before he can clear the big box and show the whole bag. In that The older guys, they know that already because they've been through that. And that's what's going to be difficult for Nas to navigate. And that's what I'm really interested to see how he comes out on Sunday. Does he come out and fill that role the way that he needs to in the first half so that he can explore a little bit more in the second half and with the second unit? Kind of show, like, listen, if I'm in this spot, I can... you will want to reward me because I'm doing the things that are necessary with this first group to kind of... It's not carrot and stick, but there's like there's certainly a carrot there for Nas of if he does the dirty work with the first group, he can explore his game a little bit more with the second group. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that's something that they need to kind of navigate through with him, whereas with, with Josh and, and Justice, they know who they are.
2: Well, Maybe, and I think that... The justice thing, too. I know um, not a lot of people were talking about justice in the summer, right? Like, he kind of got lost in the shuffle. The one thing for me, and I I think on this pod, was after we had Joe on my radio show, he mentioned justice twice, unsolicited. And so I took note of that. And so in my brain, it wasn't like just, oh, it's Josh and I I knew that justice was going to find a place in this rotation and on this team. I, I just didn't know. And look, I still don't know if we know, right? I think this team is going to have to feel themselves out and see what works well, see what doesn't work well, see who can r- play different positions than they probably should. Justice might end up kind of being that guy. Remember, Joe told me that Justice might see the five, and that's not—I'm not going to bat an eye. They, that they, because,
1: they, ran, they ran it the other night. You can either call I, right. Justice or Grant the five of the floor for like for about four minutes.
2: But I think we're going to see it until they make a move. I think we're going to see it in the regular season. So. To see Justice kind of get that start last night and do what he did, I I really wasn't surprised. I thought he actually played pretty well for them last year in the midst of the crap, in the midst mm-hmm. of the tank. I no, thought he, he showed a plenty of stuff. A of minutes.
1: Now, um, the one thing that I think you and I have kind of touted here over the last couple months, when Joe says something, you should probably listen. Yep. <laughs> like, he's telling you, like, what he's going to do. Hey, I'm going to swing for the fences on like the biggest talent available. Goes and gets mm-hmm. Shaden. We're going to try to get bigger, stronger, more athletic in, at the wing position. Goes and trades for Jeremy Grant. We want to get better defensively on the perimeter. Signs Gary Payton, the second. Like, hey, uh, Keon is really showing some stuff in camp.
2: Keon's yeah, showing first guy some off stuff the in the preseason.
1: <laughs> hey, Justice is going to be a part of this. And all of a sudden, Justice is the first guy yeah. that gets the starting nod. You're like... Listen, I know we've we've had a we had a GM for basically a decade who just lied through his teeth to us. Called Zach Collins a combination of Rashid Wallace, uh, well, Rashid Wallace, Kevin McHale, and uh, oh god, who was the other one? Oh, Lamarcus Aldridge in year two when he couldn't do anything offensively. Uh, poor
2: poor Zach. He's got another article I saw where he's on the cover and he's like. I'm about to show the league who I am. And I'm like, bro, you're,
1: you're, in, no, you're like, in your uh, six, six, dude. You're a backup. big. You're, it it this, don't, it
2: don't change now. No. It, it don't change. No.
1: That's, that's how it goes, which, you know, go get the money, man. Salute to you and your agent. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> that's just kind of how this goes. Um, speaking of, of, of those additions, how do you like the, the uh, game of one uh, Portland's own Jeremy Grant? So. I'm going to say something that I'm curious
2: to pick your brain. You sound
1: like you're caveating, like you're, you're couching something here.
2: Well, okay. Oh, Jeremy's been really good.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: but No, no, no. I'm not surprised by this. Like people like, wow, he can really pass. I know. I I've seen this guy play basketball. I know what Jeremy Grant can do. Mm -hmm. We keep saying, and I kind of want to throw this at you and I don't want to be crossing a line here okay so let's keep this in perspective of who portland is and who the team i'm mentioning is okay there's quite a difference all right sometimes when you're talking about this team people will argue that this guy is actually their second most important player the team i'm talking about resides in the bay area now Ant and dame are clearly your Stephen clay Mm-hmm. Different, I know, but just comparison's sake. Draymond, for some people, can be the glue, is the glue. Yes. Does a lot of things that doesn't show up in the stat sheets, or does he get the credit? I know Ant got the bag, but I'm wondering if we're going to buy the midseason point or even by the end of the year, if everybody stays healthy. I'm wondering if we're kind of having a conversation about look, it doesn't take away what Ant is, but with who they are. Is Jeremy kind of that guy underlying that you could make an argument? He's the second most important because of what he does in this area and that area. That's I I was impressed by him. I knew he'd fit in, but I think he can do some things on an every night basis to make some people like argue about it, which is a good thing. It makes it
1: fun. I don't think it's an argument. I think you're dead on. I think the six foot nine guy who can do a little bit of everything. It's the most important position in basketball. Like if you don't we've seen this for seven years. Eight years. I was like, let me math this real quick. We're going into year eight. Since Lamarcus Aldridge left, there has been a six foot nine to seven foot hole yep. in this roster. Jeremy Grant doing stuff on both ends. Like he's he's shown the three point stroke. He's shown the second line defensive help. As a shot blocker, when he took Norm's shit to the window in Seattle, I had to keep jumping out of my seat because he came out of nowhere. Norm thought he was like, oh, I'm going to cook out here in the perimeter, beat the switch. Jeremy just went, "Yay!" just pinned it to the glass, <laughs> pulled it down, yep. threw a 60-foot bounce past the nose for a dunk. And I went, holy shit. Like, <laughs> where has that been for a decade? Okay. He's
2: leading a break. Like, he's dropping dimes. Yeah. Like, Ant can have a great year. I think he will have a great year, but I really think Jeremy's going to make a case that he is their second most important. Not Again, that doesn't diminish Ant. I just, for what they are. Ant can are, end up
1: being their second best player because his offense, sure. in the NBA, offense is more important than anything. If if, sure. if Ant lives up to what I think he can and it will live up to, which is being a, a 20 plus point, five rebound, five assist guy, which that's rare error. If he's that guy, he has a chance in the next couple of years to be in the conversation for for an All Star game, because his offense is big, his efficiency is so good. Grant has the ability to be there because not because he's averaging twenty a game, but because he's averaging seventeen a game and five rebounds and four assists and two blocks, and he's taking on Giannis, he's taking on LeBron, he's taking on Luca, and guys around the league are going to notice that. Yeah. And, I mean, he took on one possession. It was Paul George, then switched on to Kawhi, and then he was switched on to Zoo, and it was like, oh, shit, that's effortless.
2: Yep. I was like... It's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, I mean, and you that, just, it's something you haven't had. And it's
1: you can wash your hands of it. You, It's yeah. not something you need to game plan for, like, oh, shit, my forward can't do this. Right. No, you have a forward that can do it. Whatever it is, which is take advantage of a mismatch on a Switch uh not be cooked on an island if he gets switched on to a guard. Like Aminu was, was really great with like guys who wanted like a LeBron type who mm-hmm. wanted to be physical with him. But the guys that could really put the ball on the floor and handle
2: Oh he's cooked. He had
1: heavy feet. Yeah. Mo had quick feet, but he 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 shied away from the physical game. Mm-hmm. Jeremy does both. Like he'll bang with you. Like he's He's wiry strong. Like, you look at him, he, he's kind of like one of the uh, the worm people from Men in Black, where he's just like, he's just super long. He has, like, a long torso, so he's just kind of gangly. But he, watching him bump guys up close in Seattle, like we were, like I said, two rows off the floor, he's physical as hell. Like, it, when he drives, he puts his shoulder into guys. Like, he initiates that contact. He relishes that kind of stuff. And he can kind of cross he is the first player that they have had who can cover three, four, and five. Like, they, you can legitimately say he can do that. Mm-hmm. They have not had anybody who could legitimately, you could squint and be like, well, I mean, who okay, can? Harkless can? Maybe? Prime Lamarcus could. He was incredible on a switch for a guy that big. Mm-hmm. A legit seven-footer, like if he got switched onto a, a wing, you were like, nah, he's fine. If he got switched on to a big center, he was so bleeping strong, you were like, nah, he's fine. Oh. It. Like, it's, it's, it's totally fine. They just haven't had that. Now that they have that ability, it's been such a reminder to start contrast of what they've been missing.
2: I mean, it just feels good to have a player that's like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we've been... We've been begging for Dame to have that since L.A. left. Yes, And which is nuts because that was 2014. We're talking it's 2022. And we're like, hey, they they finally got him, that guy. (laughs) uh, Here we go. Buckle up. Let the celebration begin. I actually think he's going to score less. I I think he's got – I was really impressed. I've been impressed both games. But yesterday, like, I took a note. I think he's got an ability – to be right there as their second assist guy per game. If not very close to number one, I think he has that kind of an ability with what he can be in their offense, finding open guys, dumping passes down to Nurk, some, you know, some pick and pop situations. I think he, I think he is very, very, I think they can get him going that way. I I think he's
1: underrated there, but I think that ultimately he's not going to have the creation element. I think, as much because but the, I'm, a lot of that is he has the ability I, I i'm think, talking
2: yeah. second and third passing type things not him like taking the ball and like but no, no no i'm saying like he's he creating that way
1: i think that's how he's going to create is on the drive draw the defense. Yes. so yes the one thing i've loved about grant so far in post game availability yeah uh, i've gotten to, to, to talk to him in in seattle and then for a few minutes in the locker room um he is genuinely pissed at himself for the turnovers for kind mm-hmm. of the quote unquote sloppy play. Like he he's, you can see it. He's like, nah, man. I he's like, I know everybody else had turnovers too, but like you can see, like he hold that like accountability is there. I think he's trying to find those those spots to pick and choose to when to draw and like the timing. Like he's jumped up in the air and been like, ah shit, a couple times. Like where he hasn't doesn't really have the timing exactly where guys are gonna be yet. Sure. But I think that secondary creation is going to be how he does create. Like, he's not going to run pick and roll and, and you know, uh, set up the offense regularly. However, I, he, he has been running pick and roll with Damian Lillard as the screener, and that's been very fun to watch. Uh, the flip side is they've been doing that with Jeremy at the four and Nurk at the five, and Nurk in the opposite side corner and the yeah. center has literally got a foot in the paint. Yeah. Uh, that's... You could space nerf to that corner all you want, but they're going to have to figure something out there. Um, I don't know how well that, that is, is going to work.
2: But, uh, I mean, that's the Draymond role. That's yeah, the Draymond pick and roll. Yeah, exactly. Play, so that's,
1: play four and five. Yes,
2: and that's kind of what my point is. I think there can be opportunities where he may surprise us and get a couple more assists than we think, and maybe the points aren't quite 17. Maybe it's like 15. Maybe it's 14 listen, and listen, a half. Listen, if whatever. he was
1: 15 and he was like, you know, because he's, he's not a great rebounder. If he was 15, right. five and five. Yes, which 5 assists would be a monster number for him cuz he's about 2 3 a game. Yeah. If he was but he was 15 5 and 5, that would be a truma- cuz I uh, for everybody freak, you know, I'll go there right now. For everybody freaking out about Anthony Simons not hitting shots, calm down. Calm calm down. The guy shot basically 50% combined on catch and shoot threes over Wait the a last minute. 2 years. Com-
2: don't Okay. You said calm down on the ant thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll throw my uh throw that note away. I'm sorry. I was going to dive in. Are, into are you
1: are you worried? Okay, I was
2: just saying, I was like, really? Come on, man. You're better than that. Get <laughs> like, out of here. Like,
1: well, the, the One of the purest shooters in the NBA over the last three years. I give years. a
2: shit what the percentages are in preseason <laughs> for a guy shooting 40% in back-to-back years. Yeah. Get out of here. Hit 50, me in a 40% month.
1: from three and 50% of catch-and-shoot. Exactly. Uh, like, the, if it's the other like thing, shooting 28% from three at yeah. the end of November. Then you can crap bricks.
2: The, the last thing I'll say on Jeremy, because I think we've kind of covered the bases here with him, is... I also don't look at his numbers, and I'm not sure I, I completely buy into that is who he is as representation. Uh, playing in Detroit, that's got to be had to have been awful, right? Yeah. And then even at OKC, he was pulled back too far. He's pulled back too far because this, of who this they is had on kind that of roster. the sweet
1: spot for him. Like yes. that two three, like that's no. that's the sweet spot for him. I think mm-hmm. where yes, he can be the second guy at times. But more often than not, he falls into that third spot. Mm-hmm. Where in Denver, he wasn't the second, third. He was more 3-4. And so he was like, well, I want to do a little bit more. So go to Detroit and goes to the number one. And it's like, ah, it's a little too much. But it got him that exposure to see what that's kind of like and how yeah. defenses handle that. So uh, this is this is kind of Goldilocks and three-bearing it to an extent. I'm like, this is, I think, the sweet spot for Jeremy. Uh, but So we're, we're, we're kind of in the the same uh, vein here. Um. I'm, I'm going to toot a little ant horn here real quick because he did it a little bit last night when I asked him about it. Uh, there was a opening switch hunt by the Los Angeles Clippers Monday night where mm-hmm. they got Kawhi on Anthony Simons on the block.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was the third possession. Yep. Kawhi backed into him and Kawhi, I don't know how many people noticed how big Kawhi is. Kawhi looks like he's about 245, 250. I talked to the there's Clippers. there's a video folks. of him
2: with his short shorts. Go look at his legs. Like Jesus. He added weight this summer.
1: I talked to Clippers folks. they like, he's the biggest he's ever been. And yeah. like, he said that uh, that they told him or he told them that he usually loses anywhere between 12 and 15 pounds in the season. So he'll get down to like 230 ish, which again, sure. Kawhi's is a massive dude. That makes sense. But he looks like a middle linebacker right now. Mm-hmm. He is massive. And he made it look very small. And Kobe, I should say, Kawhi has the best wing post game in the NBA since Kobe. The list is right now, Kawhi, DeMar, I don't give a shit. Like Those two guys are so good in that mid post that it's not even close to anybody else. Nobody else does what they do. Their footwork is exquisite. Kawhi dump trucked Ant three times. Ant didn't give up an inch. Everyone on Presswell went like this. Are you seeing this shit? Because it was impressive. Kawhi hit him hard each time. Ant didn't buckle. Mm -hmm. I asked him about it last night, and he goes, nobody can take that away from me. I shut down Kawhi for a couple possessions. (laughs) (laughs) And he had a big smile on his face. It was great. It was great. No,
2: I noticed it. I noticed it in Seattle. I think he actually got him on the low block three different. Yeah, three different times. times.
1: The third time, Kawhi hit a turn and fade. It was like,
2: good luck. I mean, with if you're going to hit a turn and fade, sometimes you just got to tip. No, it's exactly. The guy, right? it, was, right. it was
1: exquisite post footwork and just of all, right. all the
2: shot he's going to hit. Like that's the shot you actually want him to take, just percentage wise. Yeah, but he- Danny, I you know that was the thing we talked to him and he had said that he'd gotten bigger. And then I saw—I didn't go to the media day. You did, but like you saw that video that everybody retweeted with him standing next to Dame. And he went, like Dame ain't the tallest dude. Dame's not small. Dame and, is and Dame's built. People, yeah, I—I I, I hate when we say this, but like I just want to put an emphasis on it for this reason. I know people know Dame is like six one and six, a half, one and six a half. two, yeah. you know but like legitimately to 10, like 200 pounds.
1: He, he's Maurice Jones drew. He is a, he is a running yes. back build. But when you see it, when you stand
2: next to it is when you go,
1: Oh shit. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's not what it looks like on my TV no, screen. You know? You're like, next
1: to these, oh but he, like I, I hate using myself this business. way. Steph is this Steph way. Is Steph, way. Is jacked. Steph is huge, Steph is Yoked beyond belief. I, yeah. anybody who's ever been around me, I am a wide dude. I am bigger than most people shoulder wise. Dame is slightly broader shouldered than I am. Yes. Dame is a big
2: dude. And when I saw Ant next to him, I went, oh. And then you see him out on that court, and you just, I kept remembering the game against Sacramento that cost or that put him in that spot to play Oklahoma that City. Just real thin. Yeah, and I am just kid. like, geez, that kid is. He's dead and gone, man. Mm-hmm. This, this is a man now. And you see it against Kawhi on the block. And you I, I was doing it on my couch. There was nobody sitting next to me. In my left and right, I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm looking at air, just like, did you see that? Yes, you did. You really saw him not get back down like that. So look, do, what does that mean? I mean, it's a, we'll, we'll see, but it's a good it's a good sign that the strength has been added and that he is no longer just gonna be some easy push around on the defense. That's the thing,
1: it. and it's not even on, on the post. If you've got the strength to hold off Kawhi Leonard, you've got the strength when guys try to bump you to knock yes. you off your spot. Like when you're shading somebody a certain way, yeah. you can go chest to chest with them and not lose. You can keep your hips 45 and lean on a guy. You can get keep through screens away. easier. You can yeah. get through screens. You yeah. can you can bump a guy without you. Because I, I think people think the NBA is not physical. And I use air quotes lightly. The NBA is physical as hell. Especially in the
2: last two years, it's like the ramped NBA up. Is letting him get physical, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, especially when you get inside, and that's mm-hmm. the other part of this on the offensive side of the ball. Ant can get downhill and put a shoulder into guys. He's still working on that. Um, in fact, let's let's talk about that right now. I've seen some people say that Ant needs to get better about putting his feet in the paint, and he does. I asked him about his shot diet in the press conference last night, and he said it's, he's still trying to find those moments, those opportunities, and kind of how he goes about it and, and picking and choosing. And uh, some people were a little bit worried because of the way he phrased it um, when talking about playing off of Damian Lillard. I would, I would highly suggest everybody to go watch the clip. If you go to YouTube, go to Trailblazers YouTube. It's up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Going forward, I, my, my kit's arriving later this week. Um, I've got a little media kit with a tripod, camera stand, microphone, all that kind of stuff, so I will have my own video that I don't have to rip from the Blazers. So that way, I can grab video and sound and attach it to the the comments and quotes and stuff like that and have it for the radio station. Um, But it was not a panicked thing for Ant. It was more of like, no, I'm just trying to work through some stuff. And he was very honest and open about like, no, like it's not it's not a problem. It's not a worry. It's just I'm just trying to find my spots. Like Dame and I haven't played together much, and it's true. And like you could say, well, it could have been working that all summer. They've been working on it for a month. It's still live game action. You're still trying to find those spots. You got to remember this is a this is a team that only two starters, six mm-hmm. six total players from last year. You got seventeen guys, eleven of them are new. Like think about that for a second. And major contributors are brand new in Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant, guys that touch the ball a lot. And you got to remember Jeremy Grant's an active body, an active cutter. Mm-hmm. Like so does Ant. When does Ant cut? When does Ant drive? Is Jeremy gonna cut here? Like, when is Nods gonna do this? When is Hart gonna do this? Well, they're trying to work in a starting small floor. Like, they're trying to work through those things. And for Ant, he's still trying to balance that stuff out. I, I don't care about his shooting percentages. Again, if if Ant goes in the rather than him
2: shoot like shit in the preseason, then this is, actually matter I'll like, be
1: honest. Even if he shoots like shit in the first week of the season, I am not worried about it. That's how shooting yeah, no, works. I, I know. Dame historically starts out like shit. Yeah. Like his first month usually isn't great. It's been CJ who starts out really well. CJ's usually the hot starter. Dame usually ramps up, and then about Thanksgiving, it's like, oh my god! And he goes, you know, thirty-seven and five the rest of the way.
2: I, I honestly, I, I'll say this too. Like, I, I really, I, I think in the grand scheme, man, we're we're talking about like eight people on Twitter. We're not talking about people actually can't, like legitimately being. No, worried I, about I,
1: I've seen it in other places outside of Twitter. That's the thing It's like I've I've, fans of the game last night were like after the, you know, when I was walking back down, they were a little bit worried about it. And I was like, pump the brakes.
2: Then they they, they need to do like reading. I mean, just like (laughs) just do something. What are we talking about here, man? Like there is a concern for this team. You know what it is? It ain't Anthony Simon shooting. It's their lack of depth at big. I'll tell you right now. And we've talked about this before. That's my concern. There's my one concern of the whole team. It's that. And I, I w- I'm still on this train of I think they can be a little better than people think, but I'm starting as they get closer to the season. I'm starting to get a little worried, just a little, because I I watched a Utah team that's it's probably going to be as one of hell, but it's going to be one of the worst teams in the league. This is not a good team. They want Wimbanyana and and or Yama, uh, and so like they're going to be one of those tanking teams. If Nurk is going to be fouling out in 22 minutes. If Nurk is going to get banged up and miss 15 games, I know you tweeted somebody, they're going to make the move the deadline. I know that. I think they need to make a move sooner than that. I they, don't know. They don't they, have...
1: The, they don't... That's the thing is, adding... I will tell you now, adding DeMarcus Cousins, adding LaMarcus Aldridge, adding Blake Griffin, adding any of... Oh, I guess Blake just signed with the Celtics. Yeah, any he's of those Celtic, guys... Yeah. Any, adding any of those guys does not matter. Does it, not matter.
2: It, it, it's... It, to me, yeah. I, I, I don't... Uh, but to me, it's about having an actual big body in there. They're going to get beat up by better teams. And there's going to be a there's going to be more in a couple games that they're going to flat out lose because those teams just straight up outsized them. And, and, that's, and it worries me if Nurkic is going to play like this. Well,
1: here here's the thing. Let's take all of this real quick. Number 1, there they there needs to be a paradigm shift in how we view this team because people are like if we don't have this we're going to lose. No shit. That's the thing. They're going to lose they're going to lose games because they don't have the right pieces sometimes. But that's the point they the they flat out Chauncey Joe, they have flat out told us mm-hmm. they are not a contending team.
2: No, I, I, I don't, to don't be, view them that way.
1: No, no, that's what I'm saying. But I think there are a lot of people who still do. And that's the thing is they are not a contending team. They have visible flaws and holes. They are trying to work through Who's going to be a part of this going forward? Mm-hmm. That's what the next five months is about up until the trade deadline. Let's get an idea. Who's going to stick. You know what happens January 15th? DeAndre Ayton's available for trade.
2: Oh, and that team already looks like a shit show. Yeah.
1: Who, if Miles Turner's still available, I, I, does that make more sense for the Blazers?
2: I mean, 100%. And, and
1: okay. that would be a big saving grace for them. And that's but, the thing is, right now, it's just, it doesn't matter. And I'm not saying that the winning doesn't matter. It, what matters for them is getting the right set of guys going forward. And for everybody screaming, out they can go get DeMarcus Cousins. Or, they don't want him. There's a reason why that article just came out from Chris It Ames. was, please
2: sign me uh, article. Yeah. It was,
1: please sign me because yes. I have burned every bridge in the NBA. Yes. Like, yeah. he played well for the Nuggets, and they wanted nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. That's what, like, people, like, it was like, it's 2K, just plug and play. There are guys people don't want in the locker room. Sure, 100%. And that's the, the Blazers, and Joe has said this, they were about culture right now. They are not going to go do that just for the point of, ah, we're going to go get this guy because we need this guy. Here's the thing. The Jazz, they they could strip things down even further. And maybe oh, yeah. Vando becomes available or Yudoka becomes available. Um, hell, Lowry becomes available. And maybe they, the Blazers like I'm not saying, I'm just saying like that's an example of guys who could become available. DeAndre could become available. There's a million things can happen between now and the deadline. They know the holes they have.
2: I guess I guess my 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 thing is how many wins did you have? I forgot. Um what 40, was our forty four okay and I think I, I, I 43 I
1: think I said I think I said 43 but but I changed mine to 44 because you said 43 and I wanted to be able yeah to, okay I that's the difference yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but and we could this is where the size thing could kill them unless there's a big trade that happens for them mm-hmm. they could split the difference between Kevin Pelton's projection model which obviously he is admitted and you I think you've pointed out or Mike pointed oh, no, no Kev, out. That- Kevin
1: came on with Dusty and I yesterday and, and Kevin flat out said yes. they'll, they will outperform that model. He goes, yeah,
2: they, they almost always outperform yes. that model. Yeah. But it, they could be splitting between our number and that number. And yeah. that's the territory that puts you right in that. Like, where are you a nine? Are you a 10? Mm-hmm. Are you, are you going to be an eight and, and, you know, that's why those first couple months, like, yeah, they, they're probably going to lose quite a bit of games. And that schedule is
1: brutal. Here's, here's the thing. Going into yesterday, for anybody that didn't watch, Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson put on a show that is going to redefine the G League – or not the G League, but the G League Ignite and how kind of projects – or not projects uh, – uh, prospects are viewed going forward.
2: I mean, he is – he –
1: he is the best prospect of LeBron is, James, um, period, yes. point blank. Not even close. There is no mincing words. He's the number one overall pick. There is, yep. Outside of a devastating injury, nothing, nothing will change yep. that. He is that And he dude.
2: will be an all-star. He will be one this league up. He
1: will be an impact yep. player.
2: Yes. Evan, Day one. Evan Mobley one. on steroids. Yep.
1: Like, that's yep. that's what we're looking at. I say all of this because right now there are four teams in the Pacers, Jazz, uh, Thunder, and Spurs that are on a— Epic race to the bottom. Whoa, Jordy tweeted about it. You yeah. will have GM saying, I'm out. And they are going to drop anchor come Christmas. I
2: it's, mean, I don't know how you watch that game and you don't make that decision.
1: And here's the thing. Even if you don't get number one and get victor, Scoot is a tri- absolutely He's a great transcendent player. point guard. Yeah, Transcendent point guard.
2: He but is, you want the 7-4. You
1: want the 7-4 guy, not the 6-4 like, guy.
2: Nobody in this league, I don't give a shit who the team is, no human being in this league is more excited to be awful and try to get this international once-in-a-generation superstar who's going to win the first year he's in the league. That's how good he is. No. Think Greg Popovich. No. Nobody. No. The, the guy's entire career has been made by international players. Built around players. Us. Yes. It's it's like, he's like, oh, shit, he, he's, he's not American? Yeah. Oh. And
1: he's seven four, and he can shoot. Oh, he can, oh, and, he, and he's got like legitimate handles, like not like oh, oh my god, not Christoph Porzingis handles. Like can, no. like holy shit, this guy could put it on the floor. Yeah, it's. But I say that because I was wondering if I wanted Portland to tank last night. Listen, I'm like,
2: Jesus man, I'm this kid.
1: It's unbelievable. If, if Miller pulls something, <laughs> if like I'm talking like a bad Hammy. Like, I'm I'm gonna go around Tanya Harding, dude. Like, just No. Uh,
2: wow. <laughs> <laughs> you might lose your credential if you do that. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'll, I'll just blame it on somebody else. But you get what I'm saying? Like, it's I know it's mean. that over the top.
2: Yeah, he is that he's, he is it, that. Dude, he's though.
1: that yeah. like in yeah. talking to other execs and scouts, like they're <laughs> Pelton had this he had the best tweet I have seen about Victor yet. I've never thought I would have to curse in my scout notes that's what he said about women yama because the most common thing is, is holy shit or what the fuck is this
2: no the like, that tweet
1: those that's that's what you write in your notes like how do you talk about in your head a seven foot four guy going hezy hezy tween tween one two toe step back fade lean it's three it,
2: danny the best tweet was from some account at nets daily Oh, the Kareem tweet. The tweet just starts. Now I've seen Lou Al Sender. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> as soon as it said that, I went, "Oh my god, yes, I'm all in on this take." Yeah. He basically is like, "He's better than Kareem ever was at this point." I'm like, "Sure," I, Kareem wasn't seven four, hand on the rock, shooting threes like no, this. This is a different the, ball. The game.
1: skill level for his size is unmatched in the NBA. History. Oh my god! But I say all of this, all of this, yeah because the blazers final 30 games is against a crap load of teams that I can see just flipping the switch being good like, we're out and good. all of a sudden the blazers win total goes meh, 39 40 40 47 <laughs> <laughs> because they pick up six seven wins that they were like because teams just up uh, you had an injury. and teams are like screw this yeah I'm, we're not a title team're our, our culture is fine we can we can eat shit for a year fine. I don't care. And I, I genuinely think that might be a viable Hell, Portland could end up in that opportunity.
2: And then the, to me, my, my addressing this issue is not to suggest that I had them in some title contention window or the Western conference final finals window. To me, I just think it's really important for this organization and where they're at. I think it's vital for them to get back into the playoffs. So I'm just, even if that means a first round exit. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, we'll break that down. When they're in their
1: build. There. They're in their rebuilding, like not build, rebuilding, but their building process.
2: I, I would, yeah, I yeah. would like them to at least get into the playoffs. I think that's kind of what my goal is for this team, and that's where I get concerned about their lack of depth at that position. And by the way, Nurkic is. Eh.
1: You, you're going exactly where I wanted to go with this next, um, and we'll, eh, kind of, we'll, we'll 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 kind of use this as the framing point for the, for the last part of the show. Um, Yusuf Nurkic at media day said, I feel like I'm two months into the season already because I've been playing with the national team. I'm paraphrasing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm you know, I'm in shape. I don't have to worry about this. Santa Barbara, Sean Hyken. Yeah, no, Chauncey's quote said, uh, he's in okay shape, but he needs to get in a lot better shape. And then I asked the people around the team, yeah, he's not in the shape he needs to be. Mm. Last night he got caught on a switch on George Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And he did actually did a really good job. Um of staying in front of him because Clarkson, I mean, you want to talk about hezzy, hezzy, tween, tween, ball, don't stop, stupidity. Jordan Clarkson is the epitome of that. He gets buckets, but that man's got whoop, then blinders go on, right? But Nurk gets done with it. Ant ends up, honestly, Ant took a, a bit of a stupid foul and just lazily reached in and hit Clarkson on the wrist, gets the foul. Clarkson goes to the free throw line, and Nurk is, <gasps> I mean, he is just sucking wind. Mm-hmm. He is gassed and then after the first free throw he is doubled over i mean he is and it wasn't like oh i'm just kind of double over chilling he was doubled over gassed gassed and i'm like dog you are you're at like 16 minutes right now how can you be this tired if you're in shape
2: he fouled out six minutes later so don't worry
1: and that's the thing is he started reaching and yeah, and being lazy and taking—he commits
2: he, a lot of dumb fouls. He took Danny. that. He, he took that does.
1: three that he bricked yeah. horribly, and then he came down and immediately committed that six stupid foul and went and sat down. And I was like, "You got paid, man. You're supposed to be not doing this stuff." And it's just, but but, but okay.
2: So but the, here's my pushback here, okay? Because I think it's fat. I think he is a fascinating storyline going into the year. He
1: is. He's one of the mo- the most interesting storylines there is you, in this team. You, you just said you just got paid. You're not supposed. to... Bro, this is who he's been.
2: I, th- there's no surprise here for me. Like, I didn't know that con- – I didn't see that contract happen as much as I don't didn't want the four years. I wasn't looking at that contract going, well, we're going to get a different player now. Like, y- you are who you are, right? We just said that about Zach Collins. He's going to have some moments, but he's also going to have some moments where you're, like, screaming at your television. And I'm just – I'm not going to be surprised by any of it. Yeah. The attitude – The breathing, the silly fouls, the amazing block, the amazing putback dunk, the 15 and 12 night, and the six and three and five fouls and didn't play a whole lot Mm -hmm. nights. None of that is going to surprise me. No, He's been this the entire time his career and basically the entire time here in Portland.
1: He's a good, not great player. Who got mad at me because I said as much on Twitter. Yeah. He did not like the fact that I said DeAndre Ayton was better than no. That. No player likes to hear that they're not great. Okay, he called me an idiot. Like, well, you
2: like, are. You are an idiot. You don't like curly it. fries.
1: Well, that's fair. <laughs> I don't but, like curly fries. Not that I'm an idiot. Well, I guess I'm an idiot for accepting the premise. Um, I want Nurk to do well because if Nurk does I, well, I do too. Uh, not only does I Nurk do too. well, the team does well. Like uh, the other guys do better. Like yeah. when he cares. He passes better when he cares. He finishes better. That opens things up for other guys. When he cares, he sets better screens. Like it's just, there's so many things in there that make you want to like, put your head against the glass, you know?
2: Yeah. 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 I just, <sighs> and that's kind of my point that that's Danny, that goes into my concern. I hear what you're saying. I'm not going crazy. It just, here. Feeds, it just
1: feeds into itself and it can be feeds into itself. Good. Or it feeds into itself in a piss-poor piss manner. Because the thing is, it's not just the flip shots. It's the conditioning. Because he has sat here for years in, uh, in the, in the Stotts era, was like hinted at it. And now for the last two years, or a year and a half, he's talked about how the accountability, and he loves what Chauncey does, and holds everybody to this standard. Duh, 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 duh. And then he's not living up to it. Yeah. And if he's not living up to it, how can he complain about... Well, they're not using me to be more aggressive defensively. Well, dog, you can't do it. You physically can't do it. You don't have the tools because you're not in shape to do it. So I, I, I look at that and I'm just like, hey, come on, you got you got to meet somebody in the middle here, big fella.
2: Well, and and if he's if he's not going to do it, this is kind of my point. You're this is putting you start- the team.
1: Exploring those traits you
2: put. Well, yeah, you have to, cause you, you're putting the team in a bad position. You'll cost your team more games than not. If you're going to be that inconsistent.
1: That's the thing. And that again, feeds into itself as far as the getting another backup big. I think Eubanks has been fine. I, I for all of the well Utah beat them up and I'm like, well, yeah, they did, but, they also like when you look at the, how the Utah rotation players played against the Blazers rotation players, the Blazers rotation players outplayed them ever so slightly. You want them to outplay them by significantly more than they did. Yeah. But I also think that the Jazz played incredibly well to what their expectations are. And I think the Blazers played like crap. Chauncey said as much in the post game. Yeah. Like he was not happy with their execution. They were sloppy. They turned mm-hmm. the ball over a truckload in the second quarter. So let's put it this way. Come Sacramento, because this is supposed to kind of be the, the dress rehearsal because the last game of the regular season, typically. Now, well, I don't know how Chauncey's necessarily going to handle this. Tomorrow night, for those who are watching later, uh, Thursday night, uh, the Blazers play uh, Maccabi, the Israeli team, and Chauncey basically said the starters are not going to play. The rotation guys are not going to play. The young guys, they're going to play.
2: Yeah, it, this th- isn't a game I want to see starters.
1: And th- this isn't Maccabi Haifa, like which is like a, a much better Israeli team. Uh, this is Maccabi, uh, crap, I can't remember. Is like the
2: level of us uh, Israeli team that the Suns lose to.
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. This like that's that that, that uh, 36ers team, that NBL team from Australia is a good team.
2: Oh, Rachel Nichols said they were like middle of the road.
1: Oh no, no, but like they're they're like a the the Australian league is like a better league, is what I'm saying.
2: Oh yeah, I still think the yeah. Suns. But you know that
1: like that that team hit with 24 threes. That's what happened. But it was still. Dude, I think the Suns. Are it's objectively be funny. Yeah, so no the, underwhelming. Oh, this year. oh, the vibes there are a disaster. I've i talked to a few people, and it's it's worse behind the scenes than it is <laughs> for what we can see. So they're getting can, worked by the
2: Lakers right now. I love it.
1: Yes, um, it's it's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, one of the things that I'm I'm very interested in. Is how how Portland looks Sunday night with Nasir Little starting. Yeah, and does some familiarity because that's going to be like the most familiar unit because Dame, even though he hasn't played a ton, has scrimmaged with Ant and scrimmaged with Nas and played a shit ton with Nurk. Like you're going to have four guys out there with the most you know connectedness. That's the remember the remember the word connectivity and connectedness. That they've sh- that there could be on this team right now. Yeah, those are the guys that've been together the longest. Whether or not they've played together a ton in regular games, no. But the opportunity is there, and that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, or not even really looking forward to the thing that I'm most interested in. And then with Josh coming off the bench, like him being the no doubt guy coming into kind of quasi, not necessarily run, but like the legitimate secondary initiator, creator. Like when, when Ant's on with Dame, Ant's the secondary guy.
2: He's always going to be a secondary ball handler. Oh, whether, whether it's
1: off Dame or off Ant. Yep. Like, yep. And that, that kind of pecking order, um, I think that's something Keon's still working on. So when Keon comes in first, it doesn't necessarily, it, it kind of drops the initiator stuff. I think Keon can create for himself relatively well. I think he's still working on how to get other guys involved. I think Josh right. already kind of knows even if, even if Keon might end up having better tools in the long run, I think Josh gets the intrinsic stuff of where to poke and probe and how to kind of go about that stuff. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, God. Um, but yeah, I Sunday, if things are a disaster Sunday, I'm not going to be worried. I will be raising an inquisitive eyebrow to opening night of, hmm. Expected to see a little bit. Because Chauncey has said that uh, he liked how they looked in the first half against the Clippers. Like they didn't hit shots, but like execution-wise, they got great looks offensively. Defensively, they did pretty well against a team that's favored to win the in, the NBA title.
2: I was going to say the team is significantly better than
1: them. Yes, and they, they they held their own, which is fine. But they looked like crap on a back to back in the preseason. Which again, back to back in the preseason. What the hell out of Silver?
2: I I thought that was really weird. It
1: was it it was really weird, um, but the idea of that just kind of whatever. So let's see how it looks on Sunday and see how things kind of go from there. That's, that's ultimately where I end up.
2: Mm -hmm. So I'm basically in the same camp. Um,
1: we will either do a show Sunday in between uh the Sunday afternoon and Sunday night games, or we will pop it up on Monday before Monday night football. Uh but Haiken will join us for that. Um I think I'm leaning towards Monday, to so we have the Sunday game in the bag for the uh next we time. were
2: yes, Monday's probably better for me. Uh we were supposed to have Lamar this week and then his media guy. Cause Lamar would come on like I've Talk to Lamar, and he's basically I, like, "Dude, I, I'm I down. talked to him last
1: night, and I'll tell you this: he 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 blames you. Uh, blames me? Yeah, he blamed you.
2: Well, his media guy's out of the country.
1: Hmm. We'll see. Walt's not. Yeah,
2: his guy Walt's not in the country, so I had to email somebody else. She hasn't responded in four days, so okay, it's gonna get pushed to right before the season starts. I'll talk to Lamar about this. If you want, if you want me to show you you and Lamar the email, I can. Well, listen, but I'm
1: just saying. I mean, uh, he threw you under the bus, fellow. Fellow, beef did you dirty?
2: It's uh, not surprising. <laughs> I'm an
1: easy person to throw under a bus. <laughs> you got to put some weight on, man. Got to make it harder for them to pick you up. Well, it's even easier too if I'm not there. He's looking
2: <laughs> around, thinking, like, "If I say this out loud, is he going to come walking up on me? He's like, no, he's not either. He he's here. Is Brandon here tonight?
1: No. You know what? As he mentioned, I think he's like, "Hey, is Brandon here?" And then he said that.
2: We will get Lamar on that. Probably. Lamar is
1: coming on the show. Casey He'll says he on. wants to. Brooke says she wants to. So we'll get a bunch of them. And then yeah. I am waiting for confirmation for the other the aforementioned two very big guests.
2: We also um, still – Mike still owes us. Yes. Mike kind of owes us like five. Yeah, We'll just call I'll, it one. I'll,
1: I'll drag him one of these nights um, when we don't have a game and after he's already recorded his so he, he can reuse his takes again. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So, um, again, thank you all for being here. We went really long, an hour and 15, um, but this is there's a lot to kind of get to, and this is kind of setting the table for what we have kind of coming forward. And like I said, Sunday night, because it is a road game, that will be the very first and return of the Jack Ramsey's watch party. So if you are a member, you will be in there. I will send the link out like I did all last year, posted on the, the private YouTube page for all members. Uh, and we'll get you guys in there, and we will take in some Blazor action together, and we'll kind of break down some tape as we go. When we get in there with the Watch Playback, guys, you'll notice the app is uh, significantly smoother, better, more efficient, and running incredibly well. Uh, they've done some really, really cool stuff. I'm really excited to show what they can do this year. Uh, the plan right now is on road games, that is, that is the platform. Whether it's, it's Brandon and I or just me, I'm covering the team. So for those that don't know, besides the radio show, I am covering the Blazers for 1080.
2: You are a pseudo beat writer. Uh, yes,
1: I am. I, I will. So there will always be coverage. I will yeah. be at every home game, barring my surgery happening earlier on my other hip. I will be at every game. So, uh, And I,
2: I try to plan. I, I think a good thing would be for the subscribers out there, for the the patrons. Mm. I think we need to be doing an episode for them.
1: Yep. We will have a like, kind of an interview, AMA kind of situation at least once like at that. least once a month, probably twice. Uh, and I'm going to try to do some. Uh, we brought in two last year, one with Andy and one with Ben when we got got things running. Where we had the the private um, interviews with those guys. I think we're gonna, I'm going to try and do that and bring some guests in to do some uh, paywall stuff just to kind of reward you guys. Yeah. So uh, Jason says, Reporter Danny. Yes, officially Reporter Reporter Danny. Danny. All all credentialed up and everything, asking (laughs) questions in press conferences. So when you hear somebody stumble over themselves in the press conference after talking all day, that'll be me. Um, Again, like, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show if you uh, are new here. Welcome. We appreciate you. Thank you. We're trying to grow the community. We are just short of 4,000. I think last time I looked, we were at 3850. Try to get 4,000 before the start of the season. That is the goal. Share us with your friends. Share us with your family. Uh, Whether it's a podcast, if you're on YouTube, click subscribe. It's free. Uh, Add us to your downloads. It's free. It helps us beat the almighty algorithm. Uh, If you're so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. That also helps us out a ton. But basically, yeah, just share us. Help us grow this community. It's been incredibly uh, just rewarding doing this for the first year and now having this access having these opportunities being able to do everything that we can do now um i think it's going to make uh, what we do here a lot better going forward so again yeah. thank you all so 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 very much we will check back most likely on monday and uh until then take care have a wonderful wonderful weekend enjoy the rest of the place of basketball talk to you soon ball